I am in the Atlantic Avenue terminal in Brooklyn, and I'm on my way back to fucking Long Island. I hate Long Island. It was such a horrible experience getting here. But what wasn't horrible is what I saw three hours ago. It was Ghost at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. They went on at 8 o'clock, and I thought there was an opening band. So I'm like, ah, well, I'm a little early. Shit, I'm going to have to sit through an opening band. But there wasn't an opening band. They went on at 8. I waited like 10 seconds, and then they went on. I'm like, holy shit, there's no opening act. I thought there was going to be an opening act. And because there was no opening act, the band was on for three hours. They put on a three-hour show. It was like such an arena rock show. Like, there was a 15-minute intermission, which was cool. That kind of makes it like a bigger arena rock show because they're pompous enough to have an intermission. Um, so for three hours, and man, just what a just what a great set list. What just, I, it just they're one of my favorite bands and one of my favorite newer bands. Um, they've been around, I think, for about eight years now. So I guess they're relatively new and each album it's just like they're getting bigger and bigger and this latest album um, uh, Prakel is so accessible and so commercial so much so that my mom who is you know close to a 70 year old woman was I was playing Prakel through my phone and she's like oh my god this music is beautiful it's so soothing I think I was playing Pro Memoriam she was going, this is just wonderful and it's soothing. But then, you know, they start singing about Satan. She's like, oh my God, what is this? But she, even my mom was like, whoa, this is really good music, you know? I mean, the heavier stuff she wasn't that into because the heaviest she goes is Neil Diamond. But, um, but just, and, and they, they played like stuff from their first album, uh, Opus Eponymous. And uh, so they, they really represented all their work really well. And um, Cardinal Copia, uh, Tobias Forge, you know, his, his alter ego, uh, was just so entertaining. And um, as opposed to the, you know, Papa Emeritus 1, 2, and 3, like the Cardinal seemed to just like move around a little more. He seemed a little looser and a little more wild on stage, which I think, you know, it's the same guy, but I think it's just by design. But they, um, they opened with... Uh, uh, with uh, the, uh, the, one of the ashes, like the first song off Perkel, and then they went into Rats, which I kind of expected. Um, I think every tour and every show that they do, they open with the first song off the latest album, which like I know like Iron Maiden does that a lot, so they're probably taking a cue from Maiden. Um, and then they... Um, I don't remember, like, the exact order of the set list. You can find that online, but, like, the highlight of the show, or one of the highlights of the show was um, uh, when they did they did He Is, which is one of my favorite songs, and it went right into Year Zero, which is one of my favorite songs. And then um, the second-to-last song they did was Square Hammer, which is one of my favorite ghost songs. And then for every show that they've been doing since um, the Infestissimum album came out, they've been closing with, with Monstrous Clock, and that's, like, a slow sing-along, but uh, the Cardinal, you know, he's always, Tobias Forge is, is always funny when he talks to the crowd, um, so and, and this night was no different this show was very, very close to a sellout and what they did at the Barclays Center they had no um, they had no I'm just, sorry, I'm just looking at the time make sure I catch the train they, they had no um, I lost my train of thought 
they, uh, ah, well, whatever. I, I totally forgot what I was saying. But, um, so, so yeah, so Mantra's Clock was, was the sing-along, and, uh, like, Square Hammer was, was, was definitely a highlight. Oh, I'm, I'm, now I know where I was. The, 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 it was close to a sellout, but there were no seats on the floor, so half the floor was cut off because you can't fill up the floor with, you know, with everybody's... Speaking of being cutting off, the recording cut off because it was probably close to my face and my cheek hit the record button. So I'm continuing this podcast the next day. So anyway, so yeah, it was it was very, very close to a sellout. Um, the, the, there were no floor seats, so they uh, so it was filled halfway because it's dangerous to fill up the whole floor seat with uh, with people the whole floor with people standing. So um, so they did it that way, but yeah, it was still I would consider it very close to a sellout. So a uh, a good showing. I didn't think they would sell it out at all, or I thought they would like maybe cut the arena in half, but it didn't look like that. So there was like. Less people there than, say, when I saw Queen and Adam Lambert there because they were just seats covering the whole floor. And then when I saw Queen, they, uh, you know, the, the stage extended to the middle. So there were, like, more people for Queen. But, again, great showing considering last time I saw Ghost, I think it was at the Nokia Theater, which was maybe 2,000 people. So, I mean, they're just – their audience keeps increasing, so which is which is great for them. And great for the audience because they can put on, they can now put on a better show. Um, and speaking of a better show, they just, the live sound is so much better because while last time I saw Ghost and their, their past concerts, they're always good live. The instrumentation and the playing is very tight, very just on point professional. Um, but uh, Tobias, or as I learned I forgot how to pronounce his name already. Shit. Uh, or Tobias, I think it's it pronounced. It's a Swedish name. But he said in an interview that he just doesn't even bother to correct people. And he goes with the Americanized version of the name, which is a shame. But I think it's like Tobias Forge. Um, anyway. So... So Tobias used to sing with a lot of backing tracks because he wanted to have, you know, the harmonies going uh, compared to the album, you know, just to just like the album, which I wasn't a fan of. I'm not a fan of backing trap tracks for any live bands or any samples or triggers. I like to see how a band translates their album onto the stage using uh, the organic instruments, you know, without without any without any aid. So Tobias didn't want to do that. So he had backing tracks, which you know didn't sound authentic and sounded mechanical. But now he has seven other people on stage with him. There are three guitarists, a bassist, a drummer, two keyboardists, and the backup, the third guitarist, and one of the keyboardists, they provide backing vocals. So the harmonies are there and they just sound so much better. It's such a, um, it's such a fuller sound. And his voice is always there. His voice is always on point. It rarely does he struggle. Like he has like a very middle of the road. And I say middle of the road, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a, uh, I'm not disparaging him. 
Um, he doesn't really, he doesn't have soaring vocals like, say, a Rob Halford, but he has like a good, like, I guess a tenor kind of voice to him. And it's, uh, it's, it's nothing grating, but he can get like to a death metal growl, which is awesome. So as, as evidenced in a song like, um, like, like Mummy Dust. So, um, and then, uh, Cardinal, or Tobias, I'll call him Cardinal, Cardinal Copia, he did a lot, a lot of talking to the crowd. I think like a half hour of the three-hour show, you know, and not counting the 15 intermission, was him talking to the crowd. And which is fine. I mean, he's very, very funny and very and very entertaining. So, um... Uh, so those were good parts of the show. There, there was some part of the show where uh, he just went on like this, this, this rant, um, you know, about about how things will get better, which, which, which is good. It's a good positive message, and he put like a little sex humor in that as well. So the cardinal has a good, funny personality, uh, similar to the the other papas, which is good. Um, so his his monologues though just like looking at the the other shows uh that he's done on this tour the the monologues are similar the 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 show seems very regimented which you know which is is good i guess it wouldn't be good if you watch the shows beforehand or you're seeing like if you watch the show on YouTube before going to the show, which I don't recommend, I recommend surprise. Surprise is one of the best parts about going to a concert, not knowing the set list, being surprised by the the, the song order and, and the different songs that are being played. So I don't recommend that. But if somebody sees two shows in a row, they're going to get... Uh, a similar show like maybe cardinal copia would say he'll say similar things it's it won't be exactly the same thing that he says but it, it's going to be similar um which uh i get why he's doing that i guess it's equivalent to like seeing theater or a broadway show like you'll get some variations but if you're expecting um there's probably not that much spontaneity in a ghost show because of the regimen of it. It's, it's. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's, it's bad. That's just the show you're gonna get. I guess I would prefer um, different shows each night, and then um, you know, depending on the venue, the performer changes the set list based on a certain feeling or a vibe. Like I know Pearl Jam does that. Pearl Jam does it. Like I think Eddie Vedder comes up with the set list like 15 minutes before the show, which, um, which again could be, it's dangerous. It's, it's a dangerous form of live music, which I prefer, but it doesn't take away from the fact that Ghost still put on a good show. And, and I understand why Ghost has the set list so regimented. It's because they want to hit certain points of the show, the way the you know the fireworks and the stage setup and the the lighting setup is. So it works for Ghost, which is fine because the uh, the show was great. So I'll uh, give you a little history of well, my history of Ghost that will go a little bit with Ghosts own history. So, um, I first heard of Ghost around 2013 when Infestissimum was released. I heard Year Zero on Sirius Satellite Radio, and I thought, this is crazy. These lyrics are completely satanic and blasphemous. 
oh my goodness, and just I love the uh, the catchiness of it. I'm um, I'm very much an atheist. I don't believe in Satan. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. I just believe in me. I don't believe in Beatles. Um, so uh, I anything any music that's satanic or um, or Christian for that matter or any religion I. I can still enjoy it. I, I enjoy a lot of Christian songs, like the traditional ones. Like, I really like Amazing Grace. I really like Be Not Afraid. Scott Weiland did a very heartbreaking cover of Be Not Afraid on his album Happy and Galoshes. Um, I really like Jesus Christ Superstar. I love the original rock opera with Ian Gillen. Um, and the, the movie was okay, and the different incarnations were... Uh, the one with John Legend was pretty good, but I really love the... Um, the the original rock opera. So um, I'm not against religious music. I'm against religion, but I'm not necessarily against um, religious music. Um, And I'm not necessarily, I should change my mind. I'm not um, necessarily against religion. I understand the benefits of it, and I understand uh, the bad it's done. What, What I'm against is that it's a symptom of not thinking critically, and it shows how people can accept certain things that just sound ridiculous and unbelievable as long as there's a banner of religion over it. So I'm really against non-critical thinking, and religion is a symptom of that. But um, I do concede that it, uh, you know, that it gives people community, it gives people peace, it gives people, you know, happiness. Um, but I do think that can be achieved without the, uh, supernatural nonsense. And, uh, I, I do think community is very important. I just don't think that, uh, that things not based in fact ought to uh, be a part of that community. But, but going back to the music, Anytime I hear like music that's incredibly satanic, like like Behemoth or Cradle of Filth, bands like that, like the really extreme ones, um, I take those with a grain of salt because I believe they're just singing about fictional characters. So I listen to those that that type of music the same way I watch Star Wars and go and look into the character of Darth Vader, you know, or, or any. TV show or movie that has fictional characters, I look at religious music the same way. So, um, so when I heard Ghosts, I'm like, oh my god, this is this is fantastic because with with music that references references Satan and darkness and you know demons and all that crap, there's um, an aspect of rebellion in it because it's a rebellion against. Uh, religion, mainstream religion, and uh, the negative effects that it could that, that it could have on people. So that's how I look at it, and, I, and I, I also am very much aware of the positive aspects of it. So a little nuance in that, but I, I'm I guess I'm I, while while I I like some of the the Christian music, I, I I'm more drawn to the darker things. It's the same reason I like horror movies. There's a whole psychology behind that you know how if you listen to horror movie if you watch horror movies it kind of psychologically takes you through this uh this this 
time of stress, and then at the end of the movie, usually you're, uh, you've made it through. Whether it's a happy or sad ending, you're still the same you at the end of it. So um, there's psychological benefits to it, plus, you know, it's entertaining. So, so with Ghost, I first heard Year Zero, and I'm like, this is so blasphemous. Oh, my God, it's great. So I kept hearing Year Zero, and it's so catchy that I'm like, I got to listen to more of that stuff. So I, I you know, researched the band. I, I, got, I downloaded, I bought, I didn't download, I bought Infestissimum, and I loved all the other songs on it. I just kept listening to it. It was so catchy. So after Infestissimum, I bought Opus Eponymous, and Opus Eponymous is, um, it's not as good as Infestissimum. It's, it's definitely raw, more raw. It has, um, Definitely like a Merciful Fate vibe to it, and, and, and I like Merciful Fate. So like another satanic band, uh, <laughs> Merciful Fate. So um, and then, um, but I can tell the, just the stark difference between Infestissimum and Opus, where Infestissimum was just so much better. You can tell that uh, the band was growing uh, as musicians. And after, so after Infestissimum was the EP If You Have Ghost, which had some cool covers on it. And I think, I believe Dave Grohl produced that. Um, either produced it or it was some kind of collaboration. So uh, th- there was some, you know, good good covers on that, which, you know, which was fine. And then after that, that's when, so, so when, if you have ghost came out, that, that was like the first new ghost I bought, quote unquote new, cause it had covers on it. And then after, if you have ghosts came, uh, Meliora. Now Meliora was the first new ghost album with new ghost music that I heard. And, you know, Cerise was the first single and it just, you know, just, uh, again, so catchy. So it had, you know, Cerise stood out, uh, um, Spokesnot, uh, I think that's how it's pronounced, uh, leading into um, He Is, or the strongest parts of it. Just, again, it's just the growth of Ghost, and the songs are catchier, the production is better, the, it's more melodic, uh, just excellent, excellent album. Then after Meliora came Popestar, which had one of my favorite ghost songs, Square Hammer, on it. So, uh, and then along with some really wicked covers of um, songs I've never heard before. Um, so it's Square Hammer, uh, Nocturnal Me. I've heard of Echo and the Bunnymen, but I never heard Nocturnal Me. I believe was okay. Uh, Missionary Man was all right. You know, good, solid. But, but Bible, Bible's just an epic song. And it, it, it kind of fits into... You know, it could be considered, you know, worship music, which which the song he is would would, would fit into uh, worship music. So, you know, it's something that the melody that that uh, or it's the kind of music that Christians listen to and it inspires them to worship Jesus. I, I think Tobias um, caught wind of that and wrote songs kind of like that. But again, he's singing how great Satan is. So um, and then after Pope Star was uh, yeah, so after Pope Star was um, was Prokel, which I yeah, which is their strongest album, I think. Uh, Pro Memoria is just beautiful. Uh, which image is is awesome? You know, there's just so many good, there's so many good songs on it, and just the. The, the the sequence of the album is excellent. Just how the songs go together, it's just there's such a flow to it. Um, Life Eternal is great. I guess I'm I'm I got a little more into the more melodic songs, but there's some good heavy stuff on that too. Like the guitars and Faith are really really good. So um, 
so yeah, I, 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 Ghost has been pretty consistent as far as releasing their albums. They usually release albums like every two years, and they'll put like a an EP in between that. So it's very smart. It keeps them, it, it keeps the interest in them alive, and um, it, it it that consistency means that people just don't forget who they are. So like Muse is like that. I really like Muse, and Muse has just been releasing things constantly for like every two years they can do it. Iron Maiden is, is almost the same way, you know, in their heyday the, from, you know, late 70s to the early 90s, it was just every two years, boom, 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 you know, and then looking like, like, um, looking back on the older bands that I like, you know, like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and Queen, like they would release an album once a year, sometimes two albums in a year. The Beatles were the same way. So, um, I, I really like that consistency and I hope that consistency doesn't, um, doesn't burn the bands out. So, uh, but anyway, uh, that was my, I think my review of the history of Ghost is longer than my review of the concert, but I guess I'm in a better frame of mind. It was just a really stressful, it was just a stressful day, a stressful weekend, and I'm kind of relaxing from, um, from all that. So I think I'm relaxed until tomorrow where things can get stressful again. Woo! So, uh, anyway, that I think is it. So if you weren't stressed out by this podcast, please rate and review and share. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at MMAM Podcast. You can find me on Facebook at MMAM Podcast. And you can contact me uh, through, uh, through, through anything, really, and I will respond. All right. Um, be good, everyone. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Hail Satin and silk. Bye.